sparkle. Glitter is my favorite color. Like rainbow sparkle? Pretty open to different kinds of sparkle. Colors, patterns, textures. What's your favorite number? Nine. Why nine? I don't know. (laughs) For some reason, when you asked me that, I couldn't think of numbers. (laughs) I mean, half of all numbers are negative numbers, but I don't know anyone whose favorite number is a negative number. (laughs) Everyone's like, six. No one's like, negative 34.2. Negative two-thirds. That's a good number. Oh, that's really good, actually. You know what? I'm changing my answer. You always say 13, but now my favorite number is negative two-thirds. Okay. Because it's negative 0.6 repeating. That's a pretty good number. Oh, you're very mathy today. (laughs) Well, that's what we do here on our podcast. It's called I Love This, You Should Too. My name is Indy Randawa, and with me is my sparkly co-host, Miss Samantha Hees. I am very sparkly today. You're just sparkly all the time. And I mean, like, literally, you have a lot of sparkles on you at all times. <laughs> it's true. I do hang out in a lot of glitter. How are you, Indy? Not sparkly, but still good. Yeah? I'm doing all right. Good. I'm doing what I coach people to do a lot of the times and just ignore everything that's wrong. Yeah. Stay inside and just have fun. <laughs> that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing today. Um, are you still angry from the show that we were watching? No, I'm trying to push it down. We're watching bridal shows, and people are just so mean to each other and to the person they're going to marry. Yeah, and there's a lot of people telling other people to shut up and and just deal with it. Yeah, yeah, people are it's, dicks. Yeah. If you're looking for a show to watch and laugh at and enjoy how stable your relationship is in comparison, you should watch Rich Bride, Poor Bride on Amazon Prime because there's about seven seasons of it and it is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, people, it's just regular budgeted Canadians for the most part. Mm-hmm. But then these people are like, oh, I'm a teacher. I'm a part-time firefighter. Our budget is $85,000 for our wedding. It's like, where the fuck are you think yeah. this money? Yeah. Like all the all the extra things that like the wedding planner even is like, no, you don't know. Why, why do you need that? <laughs> yeah. But we should save that for when we do a full episode on Rich Bride Poor Bride. <laughs> True. <laughs> Which is kind of this... I think if we go any further, that's what this is going to turn into. It's going to be a full episode. Yeah. So let's get on to uh, what we're doing today. Today is not our big watch episode. Today will be spoiler free. Each of us are going to have a thing of the week. And then at the end, Samantha will tell us what we'll be watching for our big full episode next week. But until then, Sam, what's your thing of the week? My thing of the week is I'm rewatching Outlander. Do you know Outlander? I only know it from... Actually, there's a few people I know that watch it, and they all say it a little guiltily. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that, like what yeah. you just did right now. Like, <laughs> if I say, oh, are you watching Outlander? Other shows you might go, yeah. But this one you go, yeah. <laughs> like there's something wrong. So so tell me about Outlander. Um, So it's got a very cool premise. It's based on a series of books of which I could not get through the first one. Um, which is not a good sign to start with. Uh, people, like, love these books. They are kind of like the Harry Potter for women over the age of 40. Okay. That's well put. Because yeah. I, from my library time, 
from my experience, that is accurate of yeah. who's, uh, who's reading them. Who's reading the Outlander books. Um, so it's about a time-traveling nurse, basically. And she goes back to um, 1743 through some sort of Scottish magic, Scottish Highland magic. So it's magic time travel? It's not a contraption or something? No, it's magic time travel. Okay. So basically there's traditional um, like kind of pagan holiday that happens and um, these women gather at this stone monument, kind of like Stonehenge where it's like in a circle and there's a big one in the middle. It's druidic stuff? Druidic stuff, yeah. And so they do this dance and it's um, right after World War II has ended so the main character and her husband are on their second honeymoon after spending like five, four or five years apart. And so they're trying to, you know, rekindle their marriage and everything. And they go before dawn to see these druidic, I guess, like witches dance around this monument. And then the main character, Claire, goes back and she touches the middle stone. Um, and all of a sudden she's transported to 1743. Oh, and are there a lot of hunky babes in uh, in seventeen forty three? Ah, there's a few. Um, is there a lot of shirtless men? Not as many as you'd think. Oh, there I... is like the main character Jamie does get shirtless quite a bit, but he's um he uh, is a main character, so you know you have to take your shirt off. Do you? I didn't know that was a rule. That's why I don't get those parts. I'm not taking my shirt. I should show up to the audition. Shirtless. Shirtless, Yeah. Good call. Good call. Um, There's a pro tip for all you aspiring actors. Show up shirtless. Show up shirtless. Um, So I don't want to ruin too much of the first season, but um, it's super, it's a fun story because they don't get up. They don't get caught up in a lot of the rules of time travel. Like I know some time traveling stories have a lot of like oh well we can't do that because of this we can't do this because of that this is just she's been transported back and we're not worrying about the rest of the rules of time travel when you said it was magic i thought that's a better choice because mm-hmm. then you don't have to explain anything because yeah. then you're like well how come this but not this doesn't matter magic no. and that's what makes this show such a good show like the first two episodes and you're like in because you don't have to deal with all the rules and the like how we build the time machine and how this happens and how this happens and you just all of a sudden she's transported back and she has to learn how to adjust and um at one point she's accused of witchcraft because she's an army nurse from world war ii so she has quite a bit of medical knowledge and she's going back to the 1700s where nobody has any medical knowledge so it's um and also she got there through witchcraft also she got there through (laughs) magic yeah so um but yeah it's really interesting it's a beautiful show to see because it's um set in the scottish highlands so you get all those beautiful kind of wide sweeping um like landscape shots as well as um, all the costuming is gorgeous and uh, the music and everything that goes along with it is really nice. Are you watching this on Netflix? Okay, so I'm watching it on Netflix. It's uh, from television, so it is a network show, but I can't remember which network it's on. Some fun things that happen during this show are um, the husband of Claire 
in World War II times is a descendant of one of the people in 1700 times. And so they're played by the same actor. Oh, wait. And does she get with that person? And she is her own no. great grandmother? No. Oh, he tries to rape her a couple times, but. Oh, that's less fun. That is less fun. <laughs> and she's very confused when she, this is like the first person she sees when she lands in 1700s. And she's like calling her husband's name. And this guy, this like ancient relative of his, is like, who is that? And who are you? And are you a spy? <laughs> so it's uh, it's very fun. It's pretty light. And it's not a show for children. Because it's violent or sexual? Both. Oh, at the same time? No. Okay. No, but there's, there's like a lot of sex and a lot of violence and a lot of blood. And lots of hunks. Lots of hunks and kilts. People don't use the term hunk anymore, do they? No, they don't. What's, what do you say now? That was like a very late 80s, early 90s. Good looking gentleman. I don't think that's what they say. <laughs> I think there's words that I actually just don't know. I don't think I describe anybody as that anymore. So As a good looking gentleman? No, I use that. That's what I say all the time. My, look at that good looking gentleman. <laughs> He's a fine, how do you do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that voice you were doing. <laughs> I didn't realize I was doing a voice. Um, so yeah, so that's Outlander. Um, there are five seasons of it available right now. I'm not 100% sure if they're done or if it's continuing on, but um, it's definitely a fun watch if you're looking for something kind of interesting to watch and uh, that'll like really draw you in. Nice. You know what we should do more often when we're telling people to watch these things? Give them a, if you like these shows, you might like Outlander. What are some uh, watch-alikes? I think if you're like me and you like a lot of the, like, Elizabethan or, um, like, period piece royal dramas, uh, I think you'll like this. Like a period piece sex drama. Yeah, with time traveling. Right. Yeah, that's my recommendation for this week. Indy, what, what have you been watching? I bet it's heavier than whatever I watched. <laughs> um, maybe, but not really. Okay. So you were in the 1700s Scotland? Yes. I'm going to take you to the 1800s Japan. Oh, okay. Well, that works out nicely. So my pick of the week is the movie Lady Snowblood. Hmm. So Lady Snowblood is the English translation of a movie from Japan from 1973. And I was trying to figure out what to do for my thing of the week mm -hmm. this week. And I couldn't think of anything. So I just went into my DVD cabinet and said like, oh, I'll probably never get Sam to watch this for the full episode. But it's a fun one to talk about. So yeah. I watched that last night to remind myself how good it is. And uh, it's pretty good. That's good. So this follows the main character, Lady Snowblood, played by Kaji Mako, and she's one of my favorites. She's just great. She's in a bunch of other movies, and she's a very good singer as well. I feel like some of that uh, 70s Enka from Japan. Mm -hmm. And her character was born while her mom is in prison during a snowstorm in, I think it's like 1890s Japan. Hmm. It's the beginning of the Meiji Dynasty. I think that's 1890s. Because it's like Meiji 6. They don't do years like we do. 
you start with the dynasty and then the year after that, but it's when there's like a new emperor, it starts oh, over. Oh, right. So it's like an era. Yeah. So this More is in Meiji 6. Okay. So the sixth year of... Of the Meiji. Meiji. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I think that's the 1890s. Okay. But around that. And so she's born to her mom who's in prison. And it's a beautiful shot because through the windows, it's just blackness, but with giant snowflakes falling. Mm. And her mom tells her that uh, your life is for vengeance. You are, they use the word netherworld a lot in the translation. Like you were from the netherworld because they don't have the same idea of hell as we do. But essentially, she tells this baby that she just gave birth to, you're from hell, your purpose is vengeance. And then fast forward like 20-some years, and we get to see her walking around and uh, killing people. Oh. And sometimes she's killing people because she's paid to, but often it's just because they're bad. She goes around like killing gang leaders and also just rich people who exploit the villagers and peasants. Hmm. As we get into the main plot of her trying to kill four specific people, we get flashbacks as to why and like her upbringing and why she... Why her mom told her that she was a demon made for vengeance. Right, yeah. Because we get to learn that she's going to be avenging her father and brother and mother, how they were killed in their treatment. And it's a great story. It's a simple story, but it's very artistically done. It's an incredibly bloody movie, but it's not a gory movie. (laughs) They use blood in the same way as you would choreograph a ballet. Oh, Like, there's these fight scenes, and she's, like, chopping people's arms off and, like, slashing them across the chest. And blood shoots out in completely unrealistic fashion, but it's done for artistic value. Sometimes they'll often freeze like that as the blood sprays out of them like a fountain. And it sounds, like, silly, but the way this movie is shot, it makes it, it, like, beautiful. Oh, okay. So one of these opening sequences... It's her going down the street on an old Japanese village and there's snow on the ground and snow falling, but the background is just plain black. Hmm. We don't get to see anything past then because clearly it's made on a set, but Mm -hmm. it just kind of looks like they're in this endless winter that's darkness all around them. And it looks beautiful. And then she starts like chopping people down and you get this blood spraying all over the white snow and you realize that this isn't... For shock value, it's not for humor. It's actually the beautiful blood spray. Hmm. And if you're familiar with like a lone wolf and cub, you know where this is coming from. Right. Oh, you're familiar with lone wolf and cub? No, I was just agreeing with you. Oh, okay. I'm trying to be conversational. <laughs> I got really excited. I was like, oh, let's do Let's talk about lone wolf and cub. <laughs> it's a very good series. I also love the music in this movie. Some of it is kind of like a funky 70s detective movie. But then a lot of it is sung by Kaji Meiko herself. She sings the theme song called Flower of Carnage. Which is very appropriate for her character. It sounds beautiful. She has a few albums, which are all very good, if you want to check those out there as well. And when I was in Japan, of course, I had to go to a a karaoke place. I went with my friend to, like, the booth karaoke. It was this giant complex. It's all just karaoke booths. Mm -hmm. So we went in there, and I couldn't read Japanese, of course, but I got her to find me a Meikokaji song, and I could sing it phonetically because I've just heard it so many times. So I got to sing uh, Flower of Carnage when I was in Japan, which was a lot of fun. 
they do karaoke better than the way we do it here yeah like having to stand up on a stage and stuff here it's just like why would you want to do that it's so much more fun in korea and japan if you're not familiar out there you get your own little room and then you can order things to your room yeah so you're like hey i need uh, four bottles of beer bring them up you know what also i want some instant ramen and then they just bring it and to some you sushi yeah and then well you usually just, not sushi like in those sing places. and dance with your friends yeah which is so much more fun. And it's like a big room set up for it with a giant screen and like big couches around. And that sounds awesome. They, there is fun. a place in Edmonton where we can do that. And hopefully we'll get a chance to after the pandemic. One day. But it has uh, influences on all sorts of things that we can see. There was a really good movie a couple of years back called The Assassin, which takes a lot of its kind of almost sedate action movie ideas from this. Because hmm. there's moments of uh, brief and furious action, but then... It fades into stillness a lot of the time. So it's a very quiet movie. Most of the action sequences are completely silent. Well, there's the the swishing of swords and that's it. There's no big score to tell you like, hey, it's an action sequence. Right. And the fights, many of them last like two seconds because if you're fighting someone with a sword, they get you a couple times. That's usually it. So that makes sense. the end. (laughs) Some of them are bigger than that as we get into the, the end people. If you've seen Kill Bill, you'll think a lot of this movie seems familiar. The plot pretty much is uh, lifted and put into Kill Bill. And there's an entire character and battle that is taken right from this movie as well. Because I actually like Kill Bill. I know I don't like a lot of recent Tarantino, but I love that one because it's just a collection of scenes taken from other movies that I love, Hmm. which you could say like, hey, he's just ripping them off. But I was like, yeah, but it's cool to see kind of a remix on it. So I really liked that in Kill Bill. And he also uses uh, Meiko Kaji music in that scene as well. Oh, cool. It's a crossover, a nod to it. Yeah, more than a nod because... It's pretty much the the whole scene, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So if you're looking for some uh, fun action that's kind of more contemplative and expressionist in a lot of ways, you should check out Lady Snowblood. There's also a sequel. I think it's called Love Song of Vengeance is how it's translated here. Lady Snowblood 2. And these are all based off a Japanese manga as well, which I'm not sure where when that came out because these movies are from the early 70s. So oh, I guess so the comics like are older early. than that. Yeah. Hmm, cool. I'm not as familiar with the comic series, but I hear it's great. <laughs> so Lady Snowblood, which is also available on a Criterion Blu-ray. So I was watching my old bootleg that I got many, many years ago, but now I'm going to have to check out that Criterion transfer, but it looks good. You love a Criterion. They do good work, <laughs> especially on a movie like this that looks beautiful, but I'm clearly watching a like degraded bootleg. So to see all the colors looking like they should, because it's a it's a beautiful movie. Like There's a part where she kills a man at a beach, and he just like falls onto the rocks and there's way too much blood, of course, because mm-hmm. there's just that's just how it is. And you just get to see this like really red water washing over him oh. and the shot just lingers there for a long time. Like I wanna see those looking like they actually did at the Full time. Full color. Yeah. Yeah. It's also strange that the blood in this movie looks so fake because it's so red, but it's actually closer to what real blood looks like. Yeah. Blood 
real blood is quite red. <laughs> There's so many things in movies that we put in movies and we know it's not how things work, but it seems wrong to yeah. do real life. Yeah. It's called the, the coconut effect, I think is what that's called. Coconut effect. It comes from um, horses... The sound oh, of horses. Oh, the sound of horses, it's, yeah. was made by coconuts for so long, right? Oh. And when you actually hear horses, you're like, that's not how a horse sounds, even though it's an actual horse. Yeah. So they still use those old types of sound effects in movies. Huh. And like when they hang up on someone, you hear the dial tone. That's not, not a thing that's that not ever existed. That's how phones happen, yeah. Do you know, even on your phones now, they add in a digital hiss because people are uncomforted by... Silence? Seriously? You feel like your phone's not working if it's just silence, so they put in that uh, a bit of background hiss. Actually, I have noticed that, yeah. All sorts of things like that. Yeah. Cars squeal for no reason on movies and TV shows. Dirt roads, they'll just squeal. When people take swords, which probably comes out on your um, yeah. on Outlander. It does, actually. It's a leather scabbard most of the time, yeah. but they take it out and it's metal on metal. Well, especially in Scotland back then, it was all leather with like iron blades. And yeah, yeah it makes that noise. Every time they unsheath like a dagger or a sword or something, it's uh, it makes a, a sword noise. Yeah, and none of that actually happens, but it would seem weird if it didn't. Okay, so you said the hiss that they add into phones. I was trying to describe that to my coworker last week when our phones at work weren't working because I couldn't hear. It didn't sound like the line was, like, open. So all I could hear was, like, dead line. And I was trying to explain that to my coworker who was like, what does it sound like when you pick up the phone? Because the phone would ring, we could pick up the call, but then there was nothing on the other end and people were getting very angry. And I couldn't hear the, like, I guess the hiss that they add in because it sounded like a deadline to me. Yeah, I think on that phone line, it might actually be real. It's the digital stuff, like our cell phones, that there's right. no reason that should exist, but they add it in hmm. because, like, if you picked it up and it was just completely silent, you would think that the line is dead. That's exactly that's what we associate it with. I can't yeah. hear anything. There you go. That's crazy. I didn't know that, but it's funny that I've experienced that in the last week. <laughs> the coconut effect coconut effect it might not be called the coconut effect i think it is we'll look into it later it is now sure yeah that's what we're gonna call it <laughs> well let's move on i'm very curious to hear what movie am i going to be watching for our next big episode so this week i'm gonna do it a little bit differently than we usually do because usually i've recently seen the movie that i pick for you this time we're gonna watch a movie that i loved when it came out in 2005 um i loved the books when i was a teenager and i have not seen this movie since sweet valley high no babysitter's club no i don't know what other popular book series there are um, it stars Alexis Bledel. Oh, big fan, big fan. America Ferreira. I know what movie it is. <laughs> and Blake Lively and Amber Tamblyn. And we're watching The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I'm very excited because to watch Because at this. one point I loved it and I think we may not now, but I hope we do t as well now also. This is one of the ones I'm most excited to watch from things you've picked. This is a, a movie that I've wanted to see, actually, for mm -hmm. a long time. So I'll tell you what I think this mm. movie is, and you can tell me how far off I am. Please tell me. I always love your analysis of movies. Well, this one, I'm not going to go off and predict how it all goes, okay. because I think it's better than that. I don't think it's going to be like just a formula. I'm excited to see this, because I think it's a movie about 
friendship. Mm -hmm. And I don't think movies like that get to exist on their own very often. It has to be, oh, there's a side friend in this romantic comedy. Oh, it's a war story, but two people get to be very good friends. And then one of them dies. There's not many options for just movies about friendship. And uh, sometimes we get it in movies about teenage girls. We've almost never get it about men of any sort. People have a thing about male friendships. They always had to make a joke about like, oh, that's gay. Yeah. You had to call it a bromance. Yeah. Men can just be great friends. That's a great friendship. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why we have to make it that men can't be friends but that's what movies really try to teach us and it's the same with like men and women can't just be friends right unless the man is gay or secretly wants to sleep with the woman or the woman falls in love with the man and he has no idea there always has to be some kind of romance thing behind it yeah and it it doesn't need to be like that and the same i would say with a lot of movies about female friendship there has to be a man that comes in and complicates things in some way exactly and i hope that's not the case in this i'm sure there's going to be some romantic subplots yes but what i'm excited about is i feel like the friendship is the centerpiece of this mm-hmm. and i know if these uh the main actors have gone on to do big things they have. and i've seen them in many other things so i know they're talented and this is relatively early on for most of them mm-hmm. so I hope that talent shines through early. I'm excited to go on the ride with uh, this group of friends because I think it's about a group of friends who then has to like separate and be long distance friends. Yeah, so they're spending their first summer apart. Um, They're like kind of early high school age, I guess. I'm not 100% sure how old they are, but um, they're spending their first summer apart. I think you get a little bit of that like early teen romance um, when they're just kind of learning about boys and uh, yeah and they kind of all have their own things going on in their lives aside from this main group friendship that sounds fun I also like romantic stories that involve teenagers more a lot of the time because Mm -hmm. they allow the characters to be earnest yeah while with adult romance movies They either have to be like jaded and cynical and then it's like a funny joke Mm -hmm. or it's the other way where it's a romantic comedy and they just put no thought into it and people are often terrible. Right. So I like featuring teenagers because when you're a teenager and falling in love, everything is bigger than life. So it translates well to film, I think, because everything is so much more dramatic. It just feels so big. Every moment of your life seems more important than it's it actually true. is. It's so true. So and that makes for a good film, I think. High highs, low lows. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I remember being that teenager. <laughs> <laughs> so should we watch a trailer? Yes, please. Okay. We were best friends and about to spend our first summer apart. How about this one? <laughs> but a pair of pants Ta-da! would keep us together. You think that a pair of jeans that fits all three of you is going to fit all of this? This summer, we'll share them equally, and they'll travel among us. We may have been wrong about the pants. The one time I wore them, I almost drowned. Maybe you need an assistant. Look, I have my own friends. Even though they left me here to rot this summer, I'm not looking for any new ones. links with the coaches. I haven't spent more than four straight days with you since I was 10. Who is that? Your neighbor? Actually, I have a surprise for you. We're getting married. Rhythm, I'll make you brave. All right, 
I hope it's just the trailer, but that made it look not as good as I hope it is. I found it hard to find a good trailer. Um, I hope it's as good as I remember it was. Uh, because like I said, I haven't seen it probably since 2005 and now it's 2021 and I'm a a grown up, so (laughs) we'll see. But, um, I have optimistic thoughts towards it. Like I was saying, I was most excited for the friendship part and it seems like they're apart for the entire movie almost, which maybe is great, but it seems like it's going to be four individual stories. Well, I might have been more excited for this uh, this group story, but I'm excited to see where it goes. I hope that they don't fall into those tropes in those individual stories because it looked like, oh, I fell off a boat and then some handsome shirtless man rescues me. I hope they don't <laughs> fall in love. That would be crazy. And like, hey, you can't have flings at soccer camp, but he's so dreamy. I hope it doesn't go that way, but I guess we'll have to watch we'll and see. see. I honestly don't remember, which is hilarious because this is my movie, but... Um, if you want to watch this, it is on Amazon Prime Video, but you do need the Stars subscription to Ooh, to get it. We luckily have that until the beginning of February because I was watching princess shows <laughs> with a Stars subscription. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> yep. Um, and uh, I'm pretty sure your local library will have quite a few copies of this. In just a couple of sentences, could you sum up what you did love about this movie? Um. Like the title, I loved that it was a little bit of a sisterhood. Um, They seemed very close and um, supportive of each other. Uh, I loved the magic, like the the little bit of magic that the pants bring because everybody's, everybody can fit in them, which is ridiculous because if you've ever tried to shop for jeans, you know that's just like not a thing. You think those jeans can come... Can handle all this. Thank you. That's America what I remember from the, <laughs> yeah. from the trailer when as I saw it. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, I remember that. <laughs> um, and uh, I think it's just kind of whimsical and fun. I think it's a perfect movie for girls of that age. And uh, I think I was just in the peak demographic for it at that time. So hopefully it still stands up. Nice. Well, I'm excited to watch this one. Any words of advice for people watching this? How should they watch it? Um, Put on those pajamas that your mom insists on giving you every Christmas. Mm -hmm. Uh, Put your favorite bunny slippers on. Maybe do a face mask. Kitty slippers? I'm wearing kitty slippers right now. You are wearing kitty slippers. Um, Maybe put on a face mask. And uh, if you're an adult, grab a glass of wine and pretend you're... 15 again. All of that sounds great. It does. Minus the wine. (laughs) Let's do it. Okay. Sounds good. Well, we have the rest of our evening planned. We'll see you here again in one week when we talk about the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants from 2005. Oh, I just saw here. There's a sequel? Yes. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2. What? Oh, I wish I didn't know that. That's going to affect how I think about that. I've closed the laptop now, so Indy can't see anything else. So, Indy, are you excited? Very. Okay, well, let's go get into our favorite PJs and uh, have a nice night on the couch. Sounds good. And do all that stuff, you know, rating and subscribing. Tell someone about this. Tell someone about our podcast. Just post it on Facebook. 
talk about it on the bus. Yeah, just talk to strangers <laughs> on the bus and tell them to watch this. Tell your Listen coworkers. Put a post-it up in the bathroom with our Instagram handle on it. Oh, that'd be weird. I don't know if actually I don't know if I want that one. Uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, do it. Spread it around. Tell other people we are not contagious. I like that. <laughs> Yet. Yet. Until I love this you should too becomes its own I, I don't know how to finish that. <laughs> I don't know where you were going, but I'll let's just move on. Yeah, we'll, we'll pretend I didn't say anything. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see you next week when we talk about what we thought of Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants and uh, tell you all about our fun night on the couch being 15-year-old girls. It's my dream. Yes. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.